the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is from the gospel lesson just read, especially these words. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Thus far our text. Dear friends in Christ, we are still in the season of Epiphany, remembering that the word Epiphany means to shine forth. In this season of the church year, we continue to see the identity of who Jesus Christ is shining forth into our world of darkness and sin so that we may all see who he is and believe in him. The season of Epiphany is about this confession of faith, that Jesus is the Christ, God in the flesh, come to die for the sins of the world. This morning we hear from St. John's Gospel. John wrote his Gospel so that you would believe the truth of Epiphany. John writes his Gospel filling it with signs that Jesus is the Christ. As he writes towards the end of the Gospel in chapter 20, Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these signs are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In other words, John's Gospel is the perfect fit for the season of Epiphany. It reveals to us who Jesus is by showing us the signs that he accomplished during his earthly life. In our Gospel lesson for today, we hear about the first sign of Jesus, the wedding at Canaan. He blesses this wedding with his presence. It's no surprise that Jesus is there. Jesus loves marriage. God loves weddings. He loves couples who are married. He rejoices in how the marriage ref relationship reflects upon his own relationship with his holy church. In a wedding, you get a bride and a groom united as one. In the church, Christ is the groom, and we, the church, are the bride, and we are united by all the things that God does for us. A husband's job is to sacrifice for his wife. A wife's job is to submit to her husband. And in the same way, Christ gives himself completely and totally to redeem his bride, the church. And the church submits to him by receiving his good and gracious gifts, by listening to his word with gladness. That's the relationship that we all have with Jesus. He gives his life to us, and we receive his gifts. He is the groom, we are the bride. God loves marriage. 
God gave marriage as a gift to humanity before the fall into sin with these words. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. God loves marriage. But we sinful people, as we do with all of God's good gifts, so often make a mess of things. Marriage is a much maligned institution in our world today, isn't it? You hear about it on the news all the time. All the conflict and fights and arguments that there are about marriage. In our sin, instead of believing in and rejoicing with this fantastic gift of God, we have warped and twisted it. We have mutated it away from what God gave one man and one woman till death do they part into something that is more our creation that cannot be any more broadly defined than this. Well, we all love each other for now. Sin has corrupted marriage, so it's no longer one man, no longer one woman, no longer till death do they part. Dear Christian, this sinful corruption has affected your life in so many ways. Maybe you've been hurt by the sin related to marriage. Maybe you've hurt others. Maybe you failed to love your spouse the way you're supposed to. Maybe they've failed to love you. Maybe you've just given up and said this whole marriage business is archaic and old-fashioned. Maybe you don't want to hear God's word that institutes and blesses marriage. Whatever the case, repent, dear Christian. Repent because the truth is when the definition of marriage is changed, it inadvertently changes the definition of who Jesus is. God reveals Jesus in marriage. God reveals Jesus in weddings. Weddings teach us about our Lord. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, marriage is a profound mystery, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Jesus wants us to understand his sign of marriage this epiphany season. 
And so it is that our Lord Jesus Christ blessed the wedding at Cana in Galilee with his presence, just as he does for all weddings where his word is present. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus blessed the wedding at Cana in Galilee, not just by his presence, but by providing the joy that copious amounts of fine wine can bring to those celebrating marriage. You see that in our text, don't you? When the wine runs out, Mary gets Jesus' attention. He goes straight, she goes straight to him and says, they have no wine. She acts like any mother of a bride might if there were a problem at the wedding reception. She's trying to fix it. But what's really amazing is Jesus' response. Woman, what's this to you and me? My time has not yet come. I know it sounds like Jesus is being a jerk to his mom. He's not. What he's saying is this. This isn't my wedding. This isn't my celebration. Not yet. The time is coming, but it's not today. This isn't when I'll receive my bride. That date is ahead of me. Save the date. When I... Get my bride. It'll be because I give myself for her. I will cleanse her, sanctify her by the washing of water and the word, so that my bride, the church, will be presented to me in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, holy and without blemish. My wedding day is ahead of me. Even though Jesus teaches his mother this, and all of us in the church as well, he still goes into action all the same, blessing the couple at the wedding in Cana. He tells the steward to gather water and to take a taste of the water to the wedding coordinator. And when that wedding coordinator tastes the water, now become wine, a miracle has occurred. It's not just regular wine. It's the best of wines, the finest of all, the wine that you serve at a wedding to impress people, to show you how important this married couple is. It's a wine that gladdens the heart. The steward is amazed that the best wine has been saved for last instead of used first. Jesus blesses the wedding at Cana in Galilee with his presence, with his gifts, with his joy. And St. John says these words, this the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested or epiphanied his glory.
This first sign, truth be told, points ahead to Christ's last sign, his cross and resurrection. It points forward to Good Friday and to the life of the church since that day. The miracle at Cana begins on the third day, and on the third day after the cross, Christ will rise from the dead. The changing of water into wine points ahead to the joy of eternal life with God. Remember the words that founded marriage? Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. That's what Christ does for you. He leaves behind his heavenly father and takes on our human flesh. He's born of the Virgin Mary. He comes down to this world for you. He leaves behind his mother as well, resolutely setting his eyes towards Jerusalem, to the place where he'll go to receive his bride as he gives up his life for her. Yes, gives it up for you. All so that he can hold fast to his wife forever. There, on the cross, bleeding and dying, Christ receives his bride. There, on the cross, bleeding and dying, Jesus redeems you. It's there that he's united to you. It's there that Christ has his time fulfilled. From the blood that flows from his wounds, you are washed and purified of every spot of sin, of guilt and shame and all that you have ever done wrong. It's delivered to you here in the baptismal font as you are washed in water in the word, sanctified and made holy, prepared to be united to your Lord. And when you're united to Christ in baptism, you're also able then to come here to the altar to receive a wine that is finer than any wine at Cana. You are given here Christ's own blood to drink in, with, and under the wine, even as you eat. Christ's own body in, with, and under the bread. This is the food of the eternal wedding feast of God in his kingdom, and you get to eat it here and now. It's a food far more glorious than anything served at Cana in Galilee, and you get to have it even if we use cheap Mogan David wine. It's Christ's blood for the forgiveness of your sin. You drink Jesus for eternal life and salvation. 
It's a wine with forgiveness that does not run out or dry up. It's a wine that will not spoil. It's a wine that brings joy and peace before God. Christ is the groom. You are the bride. This is the wedding feast. And you are the guest of honor. The bride of Christ united with him as you kneel and receive the body and blood of Jesus. Just as you would not share your spouse with another, so too Christ will not share you with any other. He gives himself to you completely so that you might have life and life to the full. You are one flesh with our Lord. You are his body. And he loves and cherishes and nourishes you as anyone would their own body. This divine service, this receiving of God's gifts is the true wedding of Jesus, begun on the cross, carried through the empty tomb and resurrection, and echoing forever and ever in God's kingdom. This is the wedding of Jesus that Mary did not fully understand. This is the wedding of Jesus that water turned into wine points forward to. This is the wedding of Jesus that every wedding teaches us about. Dear Christian, come to the wedding feast. Come and be washed and cleansed and dressed in white without spot or wrinkle. Come, eat and drink for forgiveness, life and salvation. The first sign of Jesus points forward to his last and greatest sign, the forgiveness of your sins, the gift of your eternal life. His first sign manifests his glory so that you might believe in him. So hear the call of Christ, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who's thirsty say, come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price, come. Come to Jesus. Look to him and his signs, his first, his last, and all of those in between. Come and be the bride of Christ. For these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This time we confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. <clears throat> 